Hello, everyone. My name is Jill, and you are listening to Astrolabize on CHMR FM. Astrolabies is a radio show where I astrologize for the buys, and by buys, I mean you, all my friends listening from near and far. And when I say the word buys, I mean it in the queerest of terms. Sure, traditionally, in Newfoundland vernacular, buys is a shorthand for boys, but we all know how often we use it and how queer the contexts can be. Whether you're a total newbie to the world of astrology, a cute queer obsessed with your zodiac sign, or a student of the stars just like myself, the show is for you. From my perspective, astrology is a language. It can foster compassion, care, and understanding for ourselves, our loved ones, and the world around us. Astrology is also an art form that can express the pleasure and pain and pressure of what it means to be human. And just like humanity, astrology is far from a monolith. Like humans, astrology is an ever-changing web of celestial patterns, to to put it poetically. (laughs) It changes, it grows, and it transforms just like people do. And learning astrology has taught me how to radically love myself, how to radically love the ones I love most, and how to radically love my community. And in a world that is filled with polarization and hate speech and just intolerance from all sides, I think that we could all use a little bit more love. I am constantly hearing from my friends, from folks that are kind of in my circles, how cool they think astrology is, but how confusing and overwhelming it can be to try to understand. Part of the reason why astrology is so difficult to understand, especially when you're just sort of getting into it, is because astrology is ancient. It is such, it has such a long, rich history. And pop culture astrology, which is sun sign astrology, as in the horoscope that you read in the newspaper or the magazines or on apps or wherever you get your horoscopes nowadays. Sun sign astrology has conflated this ancient art form into a tiny little sentence about you. And the reality is, is that it is incredibly difficult to reduce astrology down to one sentence about one sign because we are all different humans with different lived experiences so of course sun sign astrology can be a little bit icky (laughs) and that's kind of what confuses people is that there's a simplicity to sun sign astrology and the second you kind of peer behind the curtain you realize that it is a just a web of information that is so difficult to untangle And the reality is, is that it's a language. And like any language, it's really difficult to become fluent. I am technically bilingual, as in fluent in French, but I don't think a francophone would have a very fun conversation with me. On that same topic, languages have different levels of fluency, right? Like, a lot of us can say bonjour or merci in French, in French, (laughs) in French, and know what that means. If you don't know what that means, it means hi and thank you. Um, And I often liken sun sign astrology to knowing just a couple words in a different language. You know, you can say hi to somebody in French, but if you can't say anything else, that's okay. But you don't know the language. 
Okay, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, so why don't I backtrack? Think of this show as an offering from me to you. Together, we're going to work through the basics of this ancient art form, and over time, you too can learn to speak this incredibly rich language. And since today is just the very first episode, I will be covering the who, the what, the where, the when, and the why of Astralobies. And in coming episodes, I hope to talk about the planets, the signs, transits, birth charts, common misconceptions, why Scorpio gets such a bad rep, I want to bath some myths. I want to bash some myths and some stereotypes about astrology. I want to talk about why Mercury retrograde seems to be having a hot moment in popular culture. But before I do any of that, you guys need to know why the heck I'm here. And maybe even more than that, you need to know who the heck I am. (laughs) So without further ado, I welcome you all to the very first episode of Astralobies. Astrology is old, like older than science old. For a long time, astrologers and astronomers were, they were the same people. Astronomers didn't always know that we lived in a heliocentric universe, so for a long time, the only thing that they had was the combination of astrology and astronomy to kind of divine what might happen in the world. When we come to university, the first thing that we're asked to do is divide ourselves into a program or a major. I chose gender studies and communications because I fell in love with feminist theory, like on the first day. And I took a communications class and went, wow, I really want to learn how to communicate this feminist theory to people. Obviously, the love of my degrees transformed into so much more than that. But um, that is the gist of why I chose gender studies and communications. And over time, after life hit me like a freight train, Astrology appeared as this way to guide me out of like a murky, murky water that I found myself in. Astrology gave me the knowledge to better understand myself, to be more self-aware. I had no idea about some of the identities that I held when I first got to Memorial University. I was cis, I was closeted, but very queer. Well, actually, was I closeted when I got here? I think I came out like the second I like arrived on campus. So before I go any further, I think it's worth asking the question, what is astrology? I mean, I've said the word too many times at this point, but I haven't really offered you a definition. And I kind of wanted to start with the dictionary definition of astrology. The Merriam-Webster definition defines astrology as, quote, the divination of the supposed influences on the stars and planets on human affairs. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna redo this in a in a in a more newscasty voice. <clears throat> the divination of supposed influences on the stars and planets on human affairs and terrestrial events by their positions and aspects. Okay, that sounded like obviously I added a dramatic voice, but like the text itself is a little bit woo woo. <laughs> Um, Google offers this definition. The study of the movements and the relative positions of the celestial bodies interpreted as having an influence on human affairs and the natural world. Now, 
I like this one a little bit more. But I do kind of want to unpack the Merriam-Webster definition first. Let's start with the divination of the supposed influences of the stars and the planets on human affairs. Listen. Okay, you can say suppose it all you want. I am not here to make you believe in astrology. If you're like here to try to be convinced, this is probably not the show for you. If you're here to learn about astrology, this is definitely the show for you. We all know that the sun and the moon control the tides and that the sun dictates the seasons and how crops grow. We know that the, with the threat of climate change, agriculture is dooming. I'm obviously not a geography major, but I think that the word dooming might be appropriate. Okay, so when the dictionary says, okay, when Merriam-Webster, this isn't a physical dictionary, this is fully just the internet, but when Merriam-Webster says, the supposed influences of the stars and planets on human affairs and terrestrial events by their positions and aspects. When they say the word positions, they're talking about a planet in a certain zodiac sign. And when they say the word aspects, it means, hmm, how am I going to explain aspects to you this early in the show? Basically, aspects are the conversations that planets have with each other. Um, there are five major aspects, conjunction, opposition. Okay, actually, I'm not gonna um, get into aspects right now because that is really getting ahead of ourselves and probably half of you are like, okay, what the heck? Can you tell me who you are? So I am actually going to segue completely now into telling you about myself. So who, who the heck am I? Who are you listening to? Who has been babbling at you for the last however long? Well, my name is Jill. My pronouns are they, them, and she, her. If you're my family hearing this for the first time, you know, get into it. I'd be shocked if you're surprised. <laughs> um, I started at Memorial in 2017. I am entering my sixth year of university. Um, and I have to be honest, politics aside, I love it here. I study gender studies and communications, and I am a white settler from suburban Ottawa. Now, you might say, Jill, if you're from suburban Ottawa, which clearly I sound like I am, why am I starting a show? If I'm from suburban Ottawa, why the heck am I starting a show with the word buys in the title? Well, my dear friends, I am the only person in my family that was not born on this island, and um, I used to come here for the entire summer, every summer. I hated the heat in Ottawa, so I used to fly out here and stay with my grandparents for the whole summer. And um, quite honestly, this island became my happy place. So in addition to being a white settler from suburban Ottawa who relocated to Newfoundland and now has all of their roots here, I am also very, very queer. Um, I identify somewhere in the queer spectrum, both sexually and genderly. As a gender studies major, I probably could have said that more eloquently, but um, it's summertime, so I'm rusty. <laughs> um, I'm also neurodivergent, is the word I was looking for. Uh, I have ADHD, and you probably have noticed that already, because I cannot seem to keep my attention in one place for very long. <laughs> But um, when I came to Newfoundland, I had no clue that I had ADHD. I got really sick and had no idea what was wrong with me. And eventually my doctors were like, have you tried getting a diagnosis for ADHD? And I said, no, that's expensive and inaccessible. And they said, well, yeah, but it seems like you have ADHD. 
and a long, inaccessible and expensive process later, surprise, I got a diagnosis. <laughs> I am a self-taught apprentice astrologer, which means I have learned largely from places like the Astrology Podcast um, by Chris Brennan, from books like Chani Nicholas's You Are Born for This and literally anything by Demetra George, um, from a million people on YouTube, from podcasts, from um, webinars, from Discord servers. Literally name a place on the internet that you could find astrology and I've probably consumed it. Um, and I really hope that uh, in a future episode I can take some time and share with you some of my favorite resources. Um, but yeah, I started consuming astrology like a bottomless pit like I could not get enough of it it was like a bag of Lay's chips and like I was like I would finish the bag and be like okay is there another bag in the cupboard because I am starving that's how it felt it was like this insatiable desire to consume astrology that just like took over me in the last two years to the point where some of my friends were like um Jill what are you doing which I mean like fair question um but hi, here I am. I don't have an answer to that yet. <laughs> but long story short, I study ancient traditional astrology, Hellenistic astrology. I blend some modern things in there, but that's important to me because um, I traditional astrology, ancient astrology, Hellenistic astrology uses um, very specific like rules and um, like processes I guess for reading a natal chart that like western modern astrology doesn't use and there is so much value in both fields of study but uh, what I'm just trying to highlight here is that like I said earlier astrology is far from a monolith so you might be wondering okay when is this show going to be happening the answer right now is I'm not totally sure um like I said I have ADHD and while I would love to make this a bi-weekly thing um, life gets in the way pretty fast and sometimes I am up for recording a million things at once and sometimes I have no spoons left in me and I am trying my very best to prioritize rest and prioritize um, my own wellness so uh, yeah I'm just letting you know that will be a priority um, and I hope that that's a priority for you too uh, it's really really difficult to prioritize your own rest and wellness um, especially as we all have to like work ourselves to the bone just to like pay rent because gosh airbnb has really taken up all the rentals around here aren't they okay this is not that podcast jill okay backing it up so now i am at the big question <sighs> there's something about astrology that invites me to slow down invites me to observe the magic in mundane life and as someone who has raging ADHD, being able to see the magic in the mundane has been a lifeline. Like, I don't know how to explain to you the ways in which I have life hacked my life with astrology and ADHD. Um, I mean, I will eventually get to that, but like I'm telling you, I eat my meals based on what the planets tell me to do. And that might sound restrictive to some of you, but if you struggle to remember to eat, Having a planet yell at you that it's time to eat your food is like way better than any reminder app that says, oh, it's time to eat. No. If it's moon hour, I eat. If it's Mars hour, I eat. Or I clean. Or both. Um, that's a whole different story because you're probably like, Mars hour, what the heck? Uh, gosh, I'm really getting ahead of myself. I promised that I wouldn't, but sometimes it just snowballs out of me. 
For my final gender studies paper, I wrote something called Neuroqueer Astrology, an autoethnographic inquiry into celestial meaning making. And I asked the question, why are queer, neurodivergent folks so into astrology? And why do we find a strange solace in the stars? And is it even that strange? And I'm going to be completely honest with you, this autoethnography project involved three years of journal entries, 15,000 words, and like, like a lot of editing. And I handed it in, and I still don't think it's finished. I am to this day still editing it, and one day I will send it to somebody to read. But that's not today. <laughs> Before the pandemic hit in 2020, I actually bought my first astrology book, and it was called, wait for it, The Only Astrology Book That You'll Ever Need. And as you can probably guess by my awkward silence, that was most definitely not the only astrology book that I ever needed. In fact, I don't remember the last time I opened it, and I'm pretty sure it's being used as a laptop stand right now, so you can, you know, you can deduce, but... The second I opened that book, I was um, actually angry because it had organized astrology into like heteronormative gender binaries. It was talking about love for women and Libra men and Libra women. And I was like, okay, but what if a Libra woman lives a Libra woman? And what if neither parties are women or men? Hey, what about that question, Joanna? Huh? And so for a little bit, I kind of reckoned with the idea that maybe what I'm studying, gender studies and communications and astrology, like they can't go hand in hand. Like if we're, if this book that I bought is operating on these binaries that I just so firmly believe are constructed, how the heck am I supposed to learn from a book like this? So quite honestly, I just closed it. In the winter of 2020, I had to drop down to part-time studies to focus on my health. I was having trouble literally staying alive and trouble keeping up with my school. So I got a doctor's note and I was only taking two classes. And at that time, I had the opportunity to write a paper in communications about astrology in the digital age. And I asked the question, why are young people flocking to astrology apps for advice? And why do we find a strange solace in the stars? And I'm gonna be honest with you, this was centered around CoStar at first. At the time, I had CoStar and I had um, like a couple websites I would like go to to learn astrology, but I didn't have the resources that I have today to be able to like learn about astrology um, in the way that I was kind of craving. And I think CoStar is like a starting point for a lot of young astrologers um, because there's literally no mistaken, there's no mistaking how much that app has like rocket launched astrology into pop culture. In the spring of 2020, I was working at Chapters. That's a lie, I was working at Starbucks inside of Chapters. <laughs> and I sauntered over to Chapters on my break one day and a crisp copy of Chani Nicholas's You Were Born For This was, on, was in their astrology section. And I would frequent the astrology section like once a day. And by astrology second, it's like where all this astrology, tarot books, all the occult stuff, the tarot cards, they're all together. But when I saw this book, like something like clicked in my brain because on the cover it says um, astrology for radical self-acceptance. And I was like, dang, I could use some radical self-acceptance right about now. (laughs) 
And I'm not about to do the whole like, I read a book and it changed my life thing. Uh, uh, but I read a book and it changed my life thing. Okay, not the book alone, but what it inspired definitely did change my life. Okay, again, getting ahead of myself. But if we fast forward to fall 2020, I am neck deep into my study of astrology. And I, I don't need to mince words about the summer of 2020. It sucked. Like, it sucked for everyone, I know. I know it was Serb summer, but it was like the doom, the doom before the gloom, you know? Um, but at the time, in summer 2020, I was working at Starbucks full-time, and I was not well. I had undiagnosed ADHD, I wasn't myself. By December 2020, I had had a whole mental breakdown. Um, but a few days later, Chani launched a shiny new astrology app, and I became a subscriber in seconds. And the app is called Chani. I highly recommend. Um, in winter 2021, I had enrolled in my first astrology course. I won't name it because I don't recommend it, but it was a catalyst for a new desire for connection with folks who could speak this language. Being in a Zoom room for the first time with other people that understood like the mechanics of astrology that I was just like finally getting down did wonders for like advancing my knowledge. Um, if you are like wanting to get more into astrology, and you can find the courage to join a community that will like help you with your studies, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. I will also say the courage and um, the privilege because obviously it costs money to do these things. Like a lot of others in 2021, my life turbulently rocked my core. It left me lost and lacking a sense of self. The only thing that really kept me tethered to any form of reality was astrology. I wrote three final papers about astrology that semester, and as you might deduce by the end of it, I was really burnt out from anything having to do with astrology. When astrology is used ethically and responsibly, it can be used as a tool for better understanding each other and how we all fit into this digital blur that we call reality. Astrology lights me up, and when I talk to you about it, I can see it in your faces too. I mean, obviously I can't see your face right now, but the other day I was at a party an outside socially distanced party, might I add. We're still in a pandemic, everybody. Um, and a friend of mine was like, yeah, I learned so much about astrology through me. And I was like, me? On my little private Instagram? And they were like, yeah, like people really like resonate with what you have to say. And I guess there's some sustenance to that because I was actually asked by Rhea to come and record this show to which I went, oh my gosh, that's my dream. And then, you know, here we are. But um, it brings me so much joy to see the way that you guys light up, like when I'm able to like put words to an experience that you thought was like just so much bigger than yourself. Um, like when we are collectively having a really crappy day and I can say, look, guys, the moon is in Scorpio and the moon traditionally hates being in Scorpio, doesn't really like it there. And there's XYZ happening that's making it worse. It offers a little bit of comfort right? To say that you had the worst day ever and then to read, today has been the worst day ever astrologically. There's some sort of comfort that I find in that. And I think that if you've listened this far, you probably think so too. And we're all dying to know about ourselves. I definitely said this earlier, but it's true. We want to know what we came in this life to do, especially if you're at a place like university. Literally, most of us are probably only here racking up debt and trying to find some sort of semblance of what we want to do in life, trying to find like that desire to like go 
I mean, some of us are just here for a degree and to go off and to do a cookie cutter career. If so, I applaud you. I really do. But that life ain't for me. Could not do that. I say as if I'm not working a nine to five job, but that's again, a different story. I keep getting ahead of myself. (laughs) I have been performing since I was a little kid and I have always wanted a place to tell stories and to have rich conversations, but I never really had a topic that I felt confident enough to speak to or to begin anything of substance. I've written a lot of things at my time at Memorial about astrology, some of which I'm really excited to share with you all. And so my long story short is that I'm still learning. I have so much further to go. And as I learn, I hope that you guys can learn too. And yeah, I'm just like really excited for what this is going to be. Oh my goodness. I cannot believe that we are this far in and I haven't even told you the story about how I got into astrology in the first place, because let me tell you, that is a story. And I love to tell a good story. (laughs) So picture this. It is the, it is December, 2018. It is specifically the 28th of December at like, probably like 12.02 AM. So like freshly December 28th. And I am decompressing at my grandmother's house from a very long boxing day shift working retail. So I had had like a long day and um, as you can deduce by me being at my grandmother's house, I had not gone to Ottawa for Christmas that summer. Or actually, maybe I did? I can't really remember, but I was in a precarious living situation nonetheless, and I was scrolling through Twitter one morning, one one night, late at night. (laughs) I was scrolling through Twitter and people were talking about birth charts and I was like, a birth chart? I'm a Scorpio. So on December 28th, 2018 at 12.00 something AM, I saw my birth chart for the first time. And when I saw my birth chart for the first time, I went, well, that has to be wrong. Cause that says that I'm a Libra sun. And I am not a Libra sun, I am a Scorpio sun. I was so adamant that I was a Scorpio sun. It felt like like a piece of my identity was being like cracked in two when I found out that I am not a Scorpio sun but a late, 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 late Libra. Yeah, I was born at the 29th and 47th degree of Libra. And in each zodiac sign, there are 29 degrees and 59 minutes. It doesn't get completely to 30. I'm getting ahead of myself with the technical things, but just like they teach you in geometry class, a circle has 360 degrees. Well, surprise, so does the zodiac wheel. And there's 12 signs and 30 degrees a sign, except for it goes zero to 2959. Okay, I'm gonna stop and continue telling you the story. Again, like I said, ADHD, and I love a good tangent. (laughs) But I saw my birth chart and was like, well, that has to be wrong because I read my Scorpio horoscope my whole life and that always made sense. And then I looked a little bit more and realized, oh, <laughs> I am a Scorpio. So that's, that's good. I'm a Scorpio rising. And I also found out that I am an Aries moon. Uh, any other Aries moons out there? How are we doing? Uh, feeling things is hot sometimes. <laughs> no, but seriously, um, learning that I was a Libra sun, an Aries moon, and a Scorpio rising infused this like curiosity into me because I was like how could I go through my whole life reading the Scorpio horoscope and also secretly checking the Libra one I will be honest I always read both and just decided which one I thought was better 
And also, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, Jill's a cusp. I am a cusp sign. Cusp signs don't exist. That is a fake news document. If someone's like, oh, you're a cusp, shush, 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 shush. Sure, you can be born like at the very last second of a sign, but either you are born in one sign or you're born in another sign. Like there's no, there's no crossover. After 2959 Libra, it becomes zero degrees, zero degrees Scorpio. Okay, again, I'm really getting ahead of myself here. Sorry, I'm just really passionate about cusp signs and how they don't exist. Also because for a long time I would Google Libra, Scorpio, cusp, horoscope, love. And it would be convoluted bullcrap. I can't swear on here because this is the live radio. Okay, surprise, it's not live, but I do still have to maintain a a level of um, censorship. (laughs) And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Just kidding. I don't actually have any sponsors, but I am required to read a PSA to you because this is a public radio station. So get ready to hear my official voice. Do you need help with academic writing? Visit the Writing Center. We are a free service for all students at Memorial University. Our tutors meet with you one-on-one to discuss your work. Visit us for help with brainstorming, revisions, citations, and more. We have two locations in Science 2053, or which is the Science Building, uh, for graduates and undergraduates, and the Commons in in the Queen Elizabeth Library for undergraduates only. To book an appointment, visit either of our locations or phone us at 864-3168. Distance students can book online tutorials by visiting our website at www.munz.ca slash writing center. So just like everybody who discovers what their birth chart is, I downloaded the, the app CoStar. I'm so sorry to my astrology friends that are listening to this that are cringing, because I am too. Yeah, um, as you can probably tell by the tone of voice, I don't like the app CoStar. If you're asking me to read your chart and you're showing me the app CoStar, I probably won't read it. Um, That's just because they have... Sorry, don't get me wrong. CoStar has done wonders for, like, giving pop culture this like knowledge of astrology and like connecting in this very like social way like connecting with astrology in this very social way except for the ethics of it the way just like i have a lot of qualms about it to the point that i could make a whole episode about it um but i do want to give credit where it's due and it has done wonders for like rocket launching astrology into like mainstream popular culture now that being said I got to a point where I was finding that I wanted more information than CoStar gave. And also, actually, I'm going to really quickly download CoStar just because I want to tell you where I got stuck. One moment. Okay, whoa, it's been so long since I used CoStar that I actually have no idea what's going on. They've done so many updates, but... um, you know in the part where it's your chart and it's a whole table yeah that's not what a birth chart looks like if you swipe over they have like a circle version but again that's really still not what a birth chart looks like um i mean it's similar but uh, not really it just doesn't really make any sense to me um but again i practice a much different type of astrology than the founders of this app do so like no shade i just like don't like it I guess that's a little bit shady, but... What are you going to do? You know, I'm a Scorpio. Sometimes. Most days. 
Sometimes I'm a Libra. Anyways, okay, here we go. So you know how it'll say updates and it'll be like, good evening. And it'll be like today. And they'll be like, for example, mine says, what are you afraid of? power in routine and then there's like a little underline and then if you click on the underline there's these things called transits and i would be looking at this web page and be like man look at these transits like what the frick does that mean and they give you this graphic that is actually like way more convoluted than what a transit actually is but i'm gonna give credit where it's due it captivated me so i guess what i'm trying to get at here is that all of a sudden, I was ravenous for this astrological information, and I was doing the thing where I was scrolling through TikTok astrology and like learning through folks there, but I really didn't have the tools that I needed to be able to like learn by myself or like credible resources to kind of cite to start my studies. Um, and so, what I hope is that you know through our time here on this show, I can give you some of those tools and resources. Um, probably a really great place for you guys to start would be a to read Channing Nicholas's book you were born for this it's like a choose your own adventure guide to your big three which is your sun moon and rising sign and it goes into some like really really helpful technical parts of astrology in a way that is super understandable I would say that I'll be referencing that book a lot in future episodes as I try to like explain some of these things to you guys Um, but for now I highly recommend that book if you're wanting to learn more I would also recommend the astrology podcast for folks who have kind of like a basis about like what a birth chart is and what the houses are. There are a ton of really incredible episodes on there, including one with the founder of CoStar, which I did find really helpful when I was in the in the depths of my anger toward that app. <laughs> what else? What else? What else? Oh, uh, somebody that I've learned from a lot. Oh my goodness. I can't believe I didn't even say this. Um, Kira Taborn, who is the astrology as in um, T-H-E-S-T-R-I. O-L-O-G-Y. I've learned a lot from Kira and uh, her website actually has a really great list of resources um, for beginners to astrology, including books, podcasts, YouTube videos, all that stuff. Something else that I highly recommend is listening to podcasts every week about astrology. Um, Just through like listening passively, I have like soaked in so much knowledge. Every week I listen to Jessica Lignado's um, Ghost of a Podcast, which I just love. It's advice in astrology. It can be super woo sometimes, but Jessica is, oh, Jessica's just great. Just go listen to her. I'm such a Jessica stan. The Chani app, which is the the, the app that Chani released is, whew, it is a gem for, it is just such a gem. It is, I don't even know where to begin to describe it. It is an app that tells you, gives you a horoscope for every planet and every sign. Um, so for example, the sun is in Cancer, Mercury is in Cancer, Venus is currently in Gemini. I really hope that I get this podcast out before the planets move because sometimes they move fast. And The app Chani, C-H-A-N-I, is only available for iPhones, but it is an incredible resource and, um, oh goodness. So every week um, for free, there is a free week ahead where Chani explains what the astrological weather is for the week and kind of gives you like a roadmap on how to deal with it. And if you've subscribed to the app, I believe it's like $19 Canadian a month, which I recognize is pricey, um, but... I don't know what to say other than I use every dollar of my subscription. It is so worth it. There is guided meditations. There are journal prompts. There are weekly readings for your sign. This sounds like it's like a a paid ad for it. I just 
like love Chani and all of the work that her and her team do. Um, also, Chani's work is radically queer, radically feminist, and um, the Chani app is partnered with her wife's organization, Free From, and 5% of all the app's proceeds go directly to survivors of gender-based violence. Other apps that I use. Um, oh, something, another app that I don't personally use a lot, but has been getting a lot of traction and my friends have said they've learned a lot from is something called Sanctuary. I don't really have any further like suggestions on that. It's just an app. And... Words of warning. I will give to you when consuming astrology content because I think that I have a responsibility to do that. If you are on TikTok and somebody is telling you something like, Tauruses are going to have the best month ever, except for cancer men are the worst. Like, don't listen to that. If someone is giving you like a prediction and there seems to be no like explanation or evidence behind why they're saying something like that, you don't need to believe them. Um, and I think that's something I really struggled with at the beginning of consuming astrology is that when I was first getting into it, I just like desperately wanted to know about myself. I desperately wanted to know that life was going to get better. I wanted to know that I was going to find love, that my grief wasn't going to be consuming me all the time, that my health would get better, that my mental health would get better. And all those things did get better. But it wasn't astrology alone that did that. It was the mindset switch that astrology gave me that was able to help me kind of build the tools and resources I needed to get better. And like I said earlier, astrology is not a replacement for a therapist or a doctor or like any professional practitioner, but it can be used alongside that. And I think there's something so beautiful about it. We live in a world that is so far away from organized religion, or at least the world that I'm in. A lot of my friends don't practice any sort of religion, but they have this like hankering for spirituality. And in a lot of ways, astrology has filled that spiritual void. I used to go to church every Sunday, and now I record this every Sunday. (laughs) So yeah, I don't really know how to end this because I've kind of rambled forever. um, And I have so many things that I can't wait to talk to you guys about. But I think that... I've said enough for now. Oh, actually, that's a lie. I do have other things I want to say. So you know your zodiac sign because of the sun sign horoscope, and you have a couple apps downloaded, but now what? Without a language to start with, you end up going to TikTok or Google or searching astrology charts for Virgo or something. Something that I did want to bring up that I have taken for granted, and I think that a lot of folks that live, that have grown up with these technical devices, as in Gen Z and late millennials, A lot of things that we take for granted is that astrologers used to have to do a heck of a lot of planet math to be able to do what we do now. As in like casting a birth chart required mathematic calculations. It took a lot of time and they were hand drawn. And now it takes me like less than 15 seconds to pull up a birth chart. And there's something so beautiful about that, but there's also something terrifying about that because Astrology is more accessible than it ever has been before. And considering how in the West specifically, astrology has been gatekept by the elite, again, a topic for another episode. And I'm so friggin' happy that we have this technology to study something so old and so wise. But at the same time, everyone all of a sudden has access to this. 
And just like everything on the internet, a little bit too much can become dangerous. And as more voices enter the astrological community, that makes it sound like it's some sort of monolith, but the saying is, is that what is a group of an astrologer is a disagreement. <laughs> um, there's obviously like so many conflicting perspectives and good, honestly. I think it's important that we listen to each other and that we honor each other's lived experiences and our backgrounds and where we come from. Like, I am going to go ahead and say that Scorpio is ruled by the sign Mars, sorry, Scorpio is ruled by the planet Mars and not by the planet Pluto. And some people will go, what do you mean? That's not right. Okay. If it's not right for you, it's not right for you. But in my experience, as a Scorpio rising, Mars has a heck of a lot to do with how I operate as a human than Pluto does. Well, everyone, that is all that I have for this first episode of Astralabies. If you have listened this far, thank you so, 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 so much for tuning in. I am so grateful and appreciative that you're here. I can't wait to see where this goes because I know that this is only the beginning. If you want to support the show, I don't have anything to say because I'm not at that point yet, but <laughs> uh, you can go ahead and follow um, Astralabies on Twitter and Instagram. And you can send us an email if you have thoughts about anything. And I'm really hoping to set up a survey for you guys to fill out because before I get too far into this, I would like to know where you're coming from, what kind of astrology you have consumed, whether that be nothing, whether that be like all of TikTok, it'd be impossible to consume all of astrology TikTok. There is some stuff on there. But um, yeah, I just want to get like a bearing of who the heck is out there listening to me. Because I mean, right now, I am just a, a very tall human in a very dark room speaking into a microphone, you know? So I kind of want to know what other thoughts are being... Can you... My brain is melting, as you can tell by the fact that my sentences are getting less coherent as the seconds go over so instead of trying to say something eloquent i'm going to say i love you oh and i want to thank um Rhea and bob at chmr for um putting up with me <laughs> and for inviting me here and for giving me this incredible platform to talk to you all and lastly i just want to thank you all for tuning in i wouldn't be anything if you weren't listening well that's a lie i would still be a human but i wouldn't be a human on the radio that's for sure that's it for this episode, everyone. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. And I will see you somewhere in cyberspace or see you back here at some point. <laughs> <laughs>